for this episode, we're gonna be talking about the genre of the whole situation. So we did talk about the script. We did see how molding the characters together or like even just creating that scenario in a script, how it will take. Now I'm thinking approaching it with the genre. Now every writer is different and every creator is different. When we see things in a different point of view, how are we taking it? So I'm kind of like going as we speak because we've discussed this before and I've joked around with people by saying, hey, the way whenever it comes to horror movies or like a thriller movie, it's fun for me to create it and to film it or write about it. But when it comes to watching the film, I'm not into it. <laughs> it's so weird how I am like that, but that's how I am. And when other writers that I've spoke to before in the past are like, I love romance. This is so cool. And I'm, to me, I'm like, oh, I can't do that. So we're just going to pinpoint it, go through this whole scenario and see how it, how it will take us. So in that case, I have to push this to you, Louie. Okay because um you and i we've done creative stuff before but our personalities are kind of the opposite yeah so you tell me the genre that you feel like it's the best and your aspect of it too uh, i think for me sound really good i think for <laughs> me the genre that i feel most comfortable writing is comedy okay because I like to make myself laugh when I'm writing it and I'm thinking of the characters, but how do I tie that into a genre that is not comfortable? That's I like sci-fi. Ah. So I like the idea of time travel. I like the idea of space and being separated. Interesting. Being separated from family, being separated from what's comfortable. It, it has that... Um sadness to it but you, yeah. you know it's gonna have that guiding yeah, experience ex exactly cool i love that yeah so i didn't even thought yeah, of that yeah <laughs> so for me like my hallmark or like my my template for that is back to the future mm. so back to the future he's you know he's a young guy but he's in love he wants a different life he's very frustrated with this life this opportunity comes up, he's able to travel. Interesting. He leaves home only to realize how much he misses it. And uh, when he comes back, yeah, the situation's a little different, but mm -hmm. he was ready to accept what he had. Interesting. Um, and so creating this narrative of uh, time travel as a way to tell the story of him finding himself. Interesting. With all the comedy, with all all of the extra stuff, like for me, I think that feels the most organic, most human. Because I, organic. I, yeah, I use I use humor a lot to push through maybe not so good feelings a lot of the time, just to make me feel a little better. It's funny how you say humor because I use humor too, but with political humor, mm. and it's so weird because politics for me is not that great, but like I I think it's like freaking a lot of energy to like even understand it for tv show series or movies but comedy you can take comedy and you can make it dark comedy you can make it dry comedy you can do a lot of things with it science fiction though that's really cool i i'm still learning in the science fiction it, it's still a learning aspect of writing the correct way for me it's more like what can you do in this scenario 
and that that's where the genre keeps changing so the genre can keep go to romance comedy thriller spiritual and i'm putting spiritual out there because a lot of people will be like oh it has a meaningful message great what is that i don't know because everyone's different so then let me ask you this question because i feel like i don't like genres because they're limiting mm. and i try to like I was the example I gave, it was a humor, so it could be a comedy, but it's wrapped inside of a sci-fi story. Because yeah. I, I feel like that's a little easier for me to connect with the characters, because each genre has its own um, rules in a sense. I see. It's like, well, if it's a sci-fi movie, the rules have to be this way for the hero's journey. If it's a comedy, you can get away with this. It's like, well, how can I combine those? How can I make it feel a little bit more real? Or how can I find humor in this yeah. in, like giant like sci-fi epic right. that I'm trying to tell? That's true. Mm -hmm. No, that's so true. Yeah. Now, connecting this with How do I say this in a good way if possible? Connecting it in writing skills though. Mm. And now we're, we're going deeper because I want to know, we can talk about this all day, yeah. but when it comes to our writings, because I know when I write, it's always something involved with, and it's funny how you said back to the future for yours. Mm -hmm. Mine is always Alice in the Wonderland. Yeah. So we, we always go back to the script writing of whatever film that we connect with. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland, I'm thinking Tim Burton style, um, classic way of film, not the cartoon. Yeah. I cannot do the cartoon. The cartoon, it was way too cheesy for me. Yeah. But the Tim Burton style is like that dark humor that you can think of. Mm -hmm. And there's always a spirituality message hidden in there. Well, especially with uh, Alice in Wonderland, the timber not not the through the looking glass but no. the first one she wanted to get out of there she wanted an escape she was bored she was she didn't want to marry that guy she exactly. left that, she left that party and this magical world kind of opened up and literally sucked her in exactly um so it's like taking this uh fairy tale like magical story as a way to tell alice's internal struggles as a way yeah. to kind of how she feels a little crazy a little nuts is like why do i feel like such an outsider and now she's experiencing the reverse of that where she's looking at everybody in wonderland is like like why everyone's are they? curious yeah, everything they're, is so they're weird. all mad <laughs> yeah uh so it's, it's an interesting way for her to kind of change her perspective and see uh, and it's it gave her so much strength when she came back mm -hmm. yeah and that's what I loved about it. Even the most difficult part of this is I felt like I could relate to Alice. I could relate that we're trying to understand life in a different perspective, mm -hmm. no matter what. I can tell you one thing. My, my family is different when it comes to movies. Um, I can't speak for my mom and my sister or anyone else, but I know when it comes to like drama, when it comes to certain types of a film, it needs to have that perspective of a message. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, cool. I get it. Like the good wife. I've been I'm bench watching that. I'm not gonna be lying about that. I love it. Mm -hmm. But it has politics in it. It has a woman's perspective. But I'm gonna turn this a little bit away from the film and the television series and go into the books. 
Now this is new because I do this a lot of times as a filmmaker and as a creator. When you look at a book, a writer's point of view, this is going to be weird when I ask you this question because I want to, I'm curious myself, yeah. but I know there are certain types of books that I love reading. Yeah. Either it could be romantic. It could be like a weird, um, make believe science fiction, um, weird, uh, thriller horror type, but everything has a meaningful sentence. Well, yeah. So, um, writing, for a book versus writing for a screenplay versus writing for a script. Yeah. <laughs> they each have their own language. They each have their own philosophy and way of telling the same story. Mm -hmm. You're stripping a lot away. Um, in the book, there's so much detail that you have to share to kind of visually create the scene. Yeah. And so with romance books, you're getting pages of a scene just to kind of explain how somebody's feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you dying? Yeah. No, just yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, I forget the name of the book, but it was like a romance book. Uh, I read it, and it was an easy read, but it was fun to read. It was very engaging. Yeah. Uh, and it, I felt like I was w watching a show on, like, the CW. Mm. And if that makes any sense. Not to be negative about it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. But it, it, it didn't feel like I was watching or reading a something that would have been directed by some big director yeah <laughs> but it has a meaningful story it's still fun guy. to read same thing yeah. like with the da vinci code mm. when i read that book it was just like a whirlwind like you're just going along with oh the, man, the main character and he's traveling the world he's learning all these secrets and you're just there with him you're going and going the movie it's itself the way it was translated it was cool but it didn't have the same feeling it didn't have that aspect and yeah. with a book like i'm I'm creating the visuals. I'm telling the story that my yeah. mind is creating. And so that's, I think, really hard too. Like, how can I take what I see and visually bring that to a script that hopefully a, a director uh, is going to be able to kind of bring that to life because they're going to have their own take on it. They're going to have well, their... Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. And that's why there were so many things that I loved in a book, like the Harry Potter series. I can say that. Wait, if you read the book, you'd be like, damn, this is a really good book. See the movie, you're like, wait, hold up. It messed up. Mm -hmm. They they switched something up. Yeah. And it, it, it's like my pet peeve. I hated that. <laughs> it, it, it was the one thing that we could have this discussion. You can tell me how bullshit the books are, but I can tell you one thing. I hate some of the movies. <laughs> I really did. It hates a strong word, but the third one, because Alfonso created it, uh -huh. it, it did a twist. It's not thriller like the book had. It's mm. more like a comedy thriller like the book kind of should have had. Mm. And it, it had that humor that no one else would have expected. Um, the concept, though, that they took a lot of the things out because the director couldn't do it. Okay, that's on him. But there were some things that I would read in a book and I'm like, huh, it's funny if I took this and made a movie out of it. Yeah. How would that go? I wrote stories of many things that it could have been a story and not a movie. Yeah. But, and you, I've showed people my, my stories, my short stories that I've written. And a lot of them will say, this could be a short story, a yeah. good film, a like good a novella. Yeah. Exactly. But it's more like taking that concept. And this is what I tell people. 
and you're right about this it's different timeline when you're writing a story is different you have to say more details to picture that scenario right for a script though it's less details more of like painting the picture for the audience so it's kind of the opposite and that's the hardest because you need to be there you need to understand you need to paint the scenario so if i gave you any of my stories that i've known in the past i have to tell you everything what's going on so you can make it amazing in a way for <laughs> some audience will grasp it and go i like this like say in a green folder with pages and pages of exactly <laughs> exactly i don't know i'm just i'm making that up in my head <laughs> it's it's the whole concept so i tell people because there are so many writers that i've, I've run into and they're like story writers i'm like cool story writers She's like yeah i made a kid's book I'm like great the script though i'm like heads up it's the wrong way to write <laughs> like that's another thing like uh, a good a uh, good topic that i'm gonna bring up is the the dog park i know that would be a great documentary but now you have to scope it up in a way how would you tell the audience about this dog park and all i can think of is that one song of who let the dogs out for some reason, it keeps popping in my head every time I talk about it with someone else. So it would be more whimsical. It would be more fun. It would be more fun. It would be more like, why do we even have these dog parks in the first place? Yeah. Like, what's the whole point of it? And I know Oliver is chilling right now with us. Mm. Um, those of you who don't know, we're sitting outside. Beautiful weather. Gorgeous view of the bay. Um, but right now, we're just like chilling. And thinking about it right now as i'm talking to you guys there's so many things so many stuff that we can create but breaking it down for those of you who are not really creative in that way perspective um but trying to understand this whole film industry and the creativity in this life it's not easy it's really not that easy um there are times we have a scenario we have a picture and you can take it and it's funny have you have you ever done any short films that have pictures only and not scripts yeah that is pretty gnarly but i love doing that yeah when i was in school i was given a project to do i think it was like 20 or 30 photos random photos yeah and turning them into a story oh my god that's and awesome so using you know zoom pan uh all, all of like the kind of like the photo effects that you can try to get to move the photos a bit uh, just to tell a story because it, it's challenging. It's like, how how can I do something with as little as possible? I remember doing that. Um, the It was in the lighting class, actually. I remember this dearly because I love doing this. And this is how I know my perspective of thriller came in handy because there were so many moods. And I did this one where the professor gave us I think it was like four or five different scenarios starting with the guy sitting in a dark spot drunk or not feeling well a person coming over him picking that person up carrying him to a different location and then dropping him there and then leaving and all of us were thinking that's sad <laughs> because we're looking at the photo we're like that's a little sad don't, don't you think but what the one thing that the professor said was so true so true that we didn't even notice was create it in your own way but with a mood yeah 
what mood would you do? And then this is where I tell people, now I understand what the what the professor was trying to say. The mood means genre. What's the genre on this? What's the mood of this? So now I understood it after God knows how many semesters later <laughs> that well, yeah, I was trying to understand. Also, it's like, what's the mood? But also, what do I want the audience to feel? Exactly. This? Yeah. I think about like tension. Exactly. Like so, like if you watched uh, *Inglorious Bastards*, there's that scene where they go into that basement bar and they're undercover, mm. and there's a British intelligence guy and some American intelligence people, and they're supposed to meet a spy, like a it's a spy, like a British spy, but she's pretending to be a Nazi, mm -hmm. and so they're meeting her in this bar, and we know this as the audience, they all know it. They're going into this environment and we can feel the tension is like, are they going to get caught? Yeah. They seem to be doing really well. And there's a small giveaway that I didn't understand because yeah. the guy asked for three beers and he <laughs> went like this with his, like his uh, index, his middle finger and like ring finger holding those three up like Americans do three fingers. Yeah. But they were instantly blown. Their cover was blown because Germans do the like, other way. Yeah, oh shit! Pinky uh, ring and middle, and with a kind of like a little circle with the index and the thumb. That's how Germans do it. And he gave himself away just with that little thing there. So as I didn't understand what gave it away, and then they explained it. But like that tension in that moment was it was beautiful. So um, I'm pretty sure Tarantino. I don't know if he had any co like screenwriters or writers with him, but. That was a great scene because like they're they're playing a game like the guessing game so there's a guessing game happening and there's the game tension but there's the external tension of them being spies and yeah i thought that was handled really well so like how do you want your audience to feel in this scene exactly in this moment yeah so that part where you just said there was a little aspect so i was helping people out in the groups mm -hmm. we were supposed to do all individual stuff but we need to have one dummy and one person. Now, what do you mean by dummy? Dummy meaning a stuffed object. Okay, an actual dummy. Okay. An actual dummy. Okay. And it was so funny because we were like, so two people? We have to carry one? And they're like, no, 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 make a dummy. So this one, this one um, film cast member, he's a DJ, but he's also a filmmaker. <laughs> and he he's like my age as well. So he brought a ski outfit that his wife and them will do on the ski trip uh -huh. and then we just stuffed it with so many things and we called it phil <laughs> we named it <laughs> we gave him a name because he stuffed him and so he's phil <laughs> so he's phil he's phil he's full but he's phil yeah and um we started using that one and it was so weird because the aspect of that dummy wasn't supposed to make it like a because it, it doesn't have a face. Yeah. Now that was the one thing I love about when you're when you're dealing with something that has no face, you can give a character for that. Yeah. So that's what I loved about it. So I when I was doing my scenario, I was thinking a guy needs to wear his hat. If a person's gonna be in my film, he needs to wear a hat. He needs to wear um, something that won't identify who he is, but identifies the character that I feel like it might be. So when I was helping out, one person's like, okay, cool. We played the dummy. This person, uh, Vita's gonna play, and I had to help out. So I had the scenario that one person gave me was, you wear your hoodie, put it on, no makeup on. And whenever I have no makeup on, I look like a fucking ghost. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can play that scenario. 
and it looked like I was a gang member carrying this dummy. But that's what that filmmaker wanted. He wanted that scenario of me to be that dummy, that weird character. And then what really was a twist that the professor was wanting us to do was at the end of that scenario where that dummy is laying down, being left behind, is gonna be you in that dummy suit. So we were all taking turns being in that dummy suit, trying to play that character. So you're technically playing two, the dummy-ish, yeah. and then the actual person who's leaving it. And it was pretty rare because the, the mood and the lighting that they did on me, and I'm saying me because I was extra <laughs> in that scenario, I played the dead person like right on point. So one person's like, Vita has that weird evil look, but she can play that dead character. And that's why I joke around by telling people I can do both. So when I did mine, and I'm gonna go back to that because that's another thing that the professor told me. And this is where the genre comes in and that mood of how you feel, where you connect. So I'm gonna go back to that, I'm gonna circle back. But when I did my project, I was looking at it in a different point of view. And for me to explain it to people, it's hard. I don't have words to explain it. I just do my actions like Tarantino will do and then say, here, this is it. This is my project, <laughs> take it or leave it. Um, I know for sure I'm gonna be breaking a lot of rules, but it's totally fine. I'm, I'm okay, I'm a rule breaker anyway. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'll pull it off, it's not a big deal. But yeah, I told one of the filmmakers to wear a hoodie and a hood, like a hat and everything, and just sneak up behind this nice open door of this kind of like a, we thought it was a church, but it's in Bellwell Park. Of course, you're gonna think of like an old classic building is gonna be like classic church really, but it's not. So I just told them the scenario right here, the dark lighting, and I'm gonna start from, from the floor down and pin up. And when you're paneling, it kind of gives that mood where you know where this person is sitting down and then all of a sudden someone comes in the background yeah. and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Revealing through the camera yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. And then when it comes to the person walking, I'm gonna get the scenario of his foot, his footsteps coming from a distance towards me in slow motion. I'm gonna cut it right there so it looks like it came forward and then him walking away. That scenario of the of the hallway was the one thing that brought the mood and one yeah. yeah one person's like i can see this being a characteristic for a devil coming out of the freaking graveyard and i'm like exactly where i'm getting it this person we don't know if he's a good person we don't know if this person is going to be um a good one or an evil one so it it gave a, a little different point of view it can take it many directions that makes me think of like when you're in a watching a movie and the misdirect you'll see somebody going to a location where you think that person's at and then they get there and they're going to a different location so it's just it's a pure misdirect and i'm gonna circle back to what i was talking about before my professor when we first started you already know some of us want to be a filmmaker but he doesn't know that a majority of us we don't want to be in front of the film we don't want to be in front of the camera but what if there was a scenario where you had to be? And this is why I told people, I'm like, which is true. The professor said, you need to have 
three, let's say you can't be a film critic or a film director or a producer or a scriptwriter or an editor. So there was a position that you have to be an extra or a character in the story that you need to be filmed. Who would you play? Your top three. Sarah raised my hand, they're like, Vita, what are you? And I'm gonna ask you this because I'm curious myself, but I remember telling this so many times to people because the professor was curious. So he called my name. He's like, what about you? Your top three. And I was like, okay. I wanna be the, I could be the dead person in the scene, play that dead corpse. I'm totally fine with that. Um, I can be the voiceover. And they're like, oh, the voiceover. We never thought about that. I'm like, yeah, give me a character. I'll do the voiceover for him. I can mess around with my voice, make it squeaky, make it weird. And then they're like, what's the third one? I'm like, the villain. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, the villain. He's like, oh, no, I, th I thought you meant like the superhero. I'm like, no, the villain. I'm going to play the villain. And they're like, why the villain? I'm like, why not? He's like, well, people are going to hate you. I'm like, no, it's an aspect that I know who I am. I'm not saying I'm a bad person. I'm just saying that villain sort of way, I can connect with that. I can bring that tone. And I can not be innocent for once and just be like an evil person. And I can show that, what's another word? It will be Ranger. like, range the, the cool, like, Deville sort of way. That Cruella Deville style. Like, it's a Cruella Deville style. It's it's most well, it makes me think of that movie, The Double Wears Prada. Mm -hmm. The boss, the boss, how she acts. It's kind of like they're playing like the antagonist, the villain, but there is intention. Like there's potentially uh, positive reasons for why they act like that. Yeah. They may have been hurt themselves. So exactly. as the villain, there's there's more to play with as an actor exactly yeah so i think for people that don't want to be in front of the camera the villain might be the worst role to do because it's, it's the biggest it's the biggest character it's like it's the most work yeah yeah so i think the villain is always like the most fun like that's why you get all these big actors that will be the villain in a movie like um christian bale yeah that last thor movie yeah i don't think he got an opportunity to do the character that he initially signed up for but they like villains because you can really play you can really do something different well it's like that one character who he played in downton abbey um and he was in uh he was in the beauty and the beast yeah and plus he he played in legion yeah legion I'm like, Dan, oh, shoot, where is it? Um, yeah, Dan Steven is really talented in a way, but he played in Downton Abbey, playing this Matthew Crawley character. So innocent, so vibe. And this is like the, what, 1918, 1920s sort of character that was built in. And it's based on that story aspect. So that's cool, he played that character. Now we're going to go to Beauty and the Beast. He's playing a cool um I wouldn't say creature, he was a prince really, but um... Well he was definitely transformed into a creature. Yeah. Exactly, so he played this type of person that lost his way, got transferred into this beast, trying to find himself again, and then now he's playing in Legion. Legion is more... Now I'm bringing this up because you don't know if he's evil or not when you watch it, but 
the quality of his face transforming into another character because every actor and i hope we have this one person um and i'm gonna say his name philip needs to come by again like come by and sp like talk to us because as an actor i know for a fact he's gonna say i want to play different roles to make himself look better in a way but it kind of like brings more um more of a open open field to grow well yeah like i think even outside of the world of acting the current job that i'm at been at that company for 13 years i tried a lot of different roles a lot of different positions one because i was trying to learn as much as possible but you kind of start to get bored it's like okay i understand this so if you think about a character imagine being locked into a contract for 10 oh years God, yes. playing the same character i'm thinking like captain america iron man Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., you know, Chris Hemsworth, they were all locked into these very long contracts. So as soon as those contracts expired, yeah. they're like, I want to do something different. Exactly. The first thing that Robert Downey Jr. did after Iron Man in Endgame, uh, he did like a like a Dr. Doolittle type of movie yeah. or he talked to animals and it failed horribly, but he just wanted to do something different exactly just wanted to do something completely different or what was it the sherlock holmes yeah he did that as well he did a lot of things that will be creative in a way but i, I think even june law did june law did a lot of films that went from romance to like yeah. science fiction yeah. to like certain things and then you're looking at it this is why i'm okay of doing that yeah yeah and like that's where i tell people give me these sort of things i told you the voiceover one because i can see myself changing my voice in that scenario and i still do that at work because i work um at places and people are like i love your characteristic i'm like really mm -hmm. and i have no filter whatsoever but my voice <laughs> changes um and why i don't even know how to explain it in a way but there's always a characteristic yeah well also when you start to mix up the types of roles that you do it's like okay i'm gonna play a villain here like your jude law example he played the pope yes it's like so now what you're doing is you're informing the future characters that you play it's like well i played this pope and i played this superhero i played this it's like how can i take all of that experience and bring it to this role so there's always a lesson to learn there and the fear as an actor is that when you play the same character over and over you're just limiting yourself to growth yeah well you're gonna get bored of it too i know for the fact if i play the same scenario of an innocent child it's not gonna be innocent anymore it's more like okay now i sound like a freaking weird kid yeah <laughs> stuck in this scenario on a repeat um, do you know any directors or writers will be in their own script, playing their own film? Yeah, Tarantino does that a lot. So like in Pulp Fiction, he was essentially kind of a side character. Mm. And he, uh, so the, the two main characters showed up at his place and he just goes off and plays this really fun character. He likes to show up in his movies a lot. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of examples of like the director popping up and playing like a major character a major role in the movie outside of just like a little cameo in the background but, yeah yeah 
Because there are some that will say, okay, I'm going to be the extra in this one. I'm going to be the extra scenario in this mm -hmm. one. I'm going to be the voiceover for this character. Um, and that's why I'm like, there's so many that you can think of. And I feel like we're going to be one of them. And I'm saying we because we can't even yeah. <laughs> like stand back and go, this is what we want. And you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm yeah. just going to be this character yeah, for now. Exactly. Now bounce off of me. Yeah. And there are scenarios where I improv in the script. If I'm going to leave it blank, that yeah. means that person's going to improv yeah. because I don't know what else to do. We're going to make this raw and authentic. Great. Yeah. You improv. We'll figure things out. That's what another um, another reason a lot of the creators in the film uh, members really wanted me to just improv it. How would you say this? Like add another line. And I remember this chess scene because it was supposed to be a short script. And I remember getting a huge message saying, I want someone to play the the evil and the clone. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I didn't read that part. I just came through because I saw a chessboard. Really? <laughs> and I'm just like, get yeah, down. Because the scenario that he painted for me to understand was the short film of an older guy at a park playing chess with himself. Oh, like a back and forth? Yes. So that scene came to my head and I just fell in love with that because that's what I would do too. And there's always a scenario, but he switched it in a way that I loved was playing a simple young girl playing chess with the devil. So you're going to bet your own soul mm. to play this game. You don't know what the, the devil has in stock. You don't know how you're going to lose. You're just going to lose, basically. Mm -hmm. You can't beat the devil unless you're clever. Mm -hmm. And so, even then, the devil's even more clever. Exactly. So I had to play two. And I, I was trying to see how an innocent person will talk. But I knew exactly how a devil will talk. <laughs> so it was a scenario where I will, I'll go with the list. And then all of a sudden when we were doing the other take for the devil. And I had my hoodie on again. And I was just having that glare or that grim look on my face and I watch a lot of uh, Queen's Gambit sometimes yeah. so it, I, I knew the hand motions and everything how yeah. to do it so I've been taking that really well but the one thing that the director said to me was and he's a good classmate but he's like what would you say in this scenario and just so calmly he's like I want you to do your own wordings on there I'm like okay cool and then we just did that take and I remember because the scene would be like care for a game yeah comes with a cost I'm gonna win you want to bet your soul on that like that whole scene I can remember and I remember doing that take five times because that grin is that grin tone in my voice mm -hmm. and my voice not from my face but in my voice it was showing that grin like I bet you, I bet you you're gonna lose <laughs> like and it's that moment where I'm just like reading the page of the book that scenario I just took it in like it was it was like a juicy steak like I just you took it in it, it. Yeah. yeah like I knew that character so well and they're like why can't you do that with the innocent? I'm like, here's the thing. The innocent, I can't pull that off. Yeah. 
unless you know how to become that innocent. You know how to BS that way. You don't feel like you can do it in a genuine way? Not in a genuine way. To me, when I'm being innocent, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm like, I'm, I'm killed. Oh my God. And it was just, um, it was a different point where you have that look. Now, a lot of people are like, it could be taking time. Yes, it can take time. Maybe I need to be around people. And that It connects with the first episode of building that character. When you build that character, you need to surround yourself with that character. How would you be that CIA? How would you act like that CIA? Or how would you be uh, a soccer player? You have to be with those people. Yeah. You have to understand what they were going through. Or um, a single parent. How would a single parent act? Um, or a person who is struggling to deal with depression. Now, that's something a lot of people are like, not everyone can deal with. Now, here's the thing. Some of the scripts that I've read, I was in depression mode. Yeah. So it takes time to like understand that whole concept. So there's a, there's a lot of things, and I'm taking this because we we usually talk on the side mm. with uh, creativity, and we have our own ideas too. So we were like, you and I, we we combine our theories together. But there's a lot that is in this field, and that's why I love about it. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about I was I was reading something the other day, and it said every actor in a movie that plays a bully or a jock was a drama kid in high school and so it's kind of like they're playing characters that may have in real life bullied them so they're bringing the experience of how it felt to be bullied and they're taking that and making a character that is the bully so they have like the direct experience like well this is how it made me feel so now they're almost creating that character yeah. from that experience so there's there's a lot of things from here and this conversation can keep going and i know we're gonna bring this back up again and kind of like connect it like a dot yeah and you guys are going to be a lot of the audience are going to be like listening and going oh my god so this is what it is this is so simple yeah you think it's simple at first and then when you put your feet in it you're like how do you do this well yeah you can have all the pieces to a puzzle but you still have to put the puzzle together. Exactly. Yeah. That so is I like these little kind of spotlight podcast episodes that you're doing where we're talking about different aspects of approaching um, creating a, a movie, essentially a short film. Like how do you get there and breaking each thing down. So it takes time for and I'm going to say this because it's going to be popped up again in any other episodes when we talk about different films, different television series. Um, even when Jalen comes in one of these days to like talk about it there are so many ways of expressing this in genre in writing but this is just the peak of the down the rabbit hole we're gonna yeah. go to because there's there's more to it now if we had this conversation again it's gonna be the rules there's always a rule and yeah. i hate that rule yeah i hate that rule because there's always a rule for that rule and well, it's so okay, so with the, with the rules though so like when i went to art school studying fine art the whole thing was you learn the rules so that you can break them so you first have to yeah. really understand all the rules and like why they're there the rules are there because you know you've got hundreds of years of other people making mistakes and learning 
Yes. So, but once you feel comfortable with the rules, then you can go wild and break them because you still have a like a foundation mm. that you can work off of. I think of like Picasso. Picasso's studied oh fine art, traditional art. Once he felt confident in that, he was able to take that and just go nuts and go super abstract with all of his artwork and just like take it to the bare minimum, exactly. distort it, stretch it. So that's kind of the way I, I approach storytelling. Like I don't want to just create something that anybody else could have made. I don't want to like paint by number. Like if I create a story, it's like how do I make this feel different? How do I make this feel unique? Well, you want to be that unique person. You want to be that type. So I remember doing that. In, and I'm going to wrap this up pretty soon when saying this. When I was on set for filming, we were discussing. And by we, I'm not the only one with the co-directing. It yeah. was two other people directing as well for the short film that we did. It was based on a true story. But we were trying to make that aspect realistic. And for me, that I can think of, if you're taking a big room and making it small... I'm gonna break some rules and I don't even care if there's any aspect you can only do like 130 or like the 360 part and that's it or like the 180 and then you have to go 90 on somewhere else that doesn't make sense why would you put math in this scenario <laughs> you can't do that so what I was thinking is what other directors will do to break that scenario Tim Burton did it and I think uh, Steven Spielberg did it a couple of times by breaking scenarios, but they're pretty talented in their own ways. They can get away with it. Now, I was thinking that the other way, split the room in half, do one scenario, one take right here, one take on the other side, connect it together. It looks realistic. So a lot of people are like, I hope you can get away with this. I'm like, me? <laughs> yeah, I can get away with it. I can definitely get away with it. The only thing I can't get away with is using my phone for recording and then submit it to Netflix because yeah. they're not going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> they will know instantly what this film is about and where it was filmed. So they're not going to take it. But there's so many rules that, and we're going to bring it up, but I'm going to end it right there because there's a lot to talk about. We can talk about this a lot more. And I want to know what the what every audience were thinking and if i can get more people on board this conversation for this rule it will be way out of proportion for us to like even discuss it like i said we're in the tip of going down the rabbit hole we're just like peeking our head through the rabbit hole now it's time to go down and tear it apart and like understand it so the audience can understand it i think that is a good lead out of this conversation and a little sneak peek into the future that was great i like it <laughs> we'll go down the rabbit hole together <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right any last thoughts no but follow us again on our twitter and our instagram and we're gonna be keep on posting uh just follow us and if you are really intrigued and interested on joining just send up a message reach us reach out to us just say hey i want to join you if you have a lot to talk about for film or have some ideas and you want to discuss it with everyone else even better contact us thank you we'll see you guys next time on the next episode peace <laughs>